0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: It's hard for me to imagine the Russians would use chemical weapons. If they do, it will be devastating in its impact, and I would anticipate Europeans and the United States would then enter the war.
2: I keep picking these out because I keep coming across generals uh, saying things that are the opposite of what we're hearing, for instance, from Mike Lyons when we have him on our show. I don't Mm -hmm. know which point of view is going to win the day, but everybody's not in agreement that, no, 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 we're not going to go to war with Russia pretty much no matter what. Uh, Because you got generals like General Barry McCaffrey there, who's been on NBC for many, many years covering all kinds of different military situations. Basically just stating it flatly that if they use uh, uh, chemical weapons, we're in. The United States is at war with Russia.
0: That's a heck of a deal. Yeah, it is. You know, this is an aside, but I find myself sitting here thinking I I may be the only person I've ever heard in media who regularly says, I think this is going to happen, but I'm only about 60% sure. Everybody expresses everything with complete certainty. It must be fun to live like that if if people actually do. But, I mean, how certain is Barry McCaffrey? I'd like to ask him. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But the um,
2: former supreme commander of NATO that we played yesterday, he's got to have a pretty good idea of what our uh, European allies in NATO feel about these circumstances.
0: Yeah, my only caveat to that is he was running NATO back when it was a flabby, useless, non dues-paying you know blob. But uh, you know he ought to know what he's talking about. You'd think. Doesn't that mean they would have been less
2: likely to care back when they were a flabby, useless blob? They're more Ooh, hardcore and whipped up now. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just my only point is it sure seems like a war between the United States and Russia that was the nightmare of my entire like life up until I was 30 years old, geopolitically speaking, um, is on the table, is absolutely on the table over the next couple of weeks.
0: Well, yeah, I, I, that's undeniable. It's gone from one in a hundred to, I don't know, one out of two?
2: Yeah, I, yeah what, what, the, the chance that, that we, NATO, but we're the biggest dog in NATO... Um, that NATO is at war with Russia, you got to believe it's like
0: one in four at the lowest? Well, that's what they're trying to figure out during these uh, unprecedented uh, triple emergency meetings right now. What do we do? What is the best strategy? As we were discussing this a little earlier, um, and I made the point that it could be they decide the one thing that will save Putin's butt is if we go to war with him. So we can't. We're not going to. But um, and Jack countered that the political wins to do something about chemical weapons and burning children to death and that sort of thing, that that'll probably be pretty strong.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, let's let's go with this. This is Steve Harrigan. He was on Fox, I think, talking about this yesterday.
0: I think Ukraine's success, Ukraine's heroism in fighting has just made the situation, in my view, even more dangerous and more worse. From seeing Putin for the last
1: 20 years and from living with Russian forces in and around Chechnya as they crushed the city of 400,000 to nothing, they just basically took it off the map, paved it, rebuilt it, and put their own guy in. With that kind of a precedent, uh, I think that chemical weapons... And nuclear weapons are not off the table for Vladimir Putin's Russia.
2: Yeah, and so there's that's one man's opinion. But there again, it's chemical weapons, nuclear weapons on the table. And you get got like, a bunch of people saying, and if they use those, we are at war with Russia. I don't know if all those things happen, but they certainly could. I mean, like, not, you know, I could decide to go back to school and get a PhD. I'm not going to. I mean, could, like, here's a decent chance it's going to happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's absolutely true. I'm not denying it. I am reminded of uh, all of the uh, predictions that Putin absolutely will not invade. He wouldn't because of X, Y, and Z. And the reasoning was actually quite sound, and he did anyway.
2: Yeah, the problem is so far, every prediction to the saner end of things has been wrong. All the predictions to the crazier end of things have been right.
0: True. 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 And uh, that's troubling. How and and I'm not I'm not quibbling with that point. Uh, how would you characterize the Russian and and this is a big issue in the Kremlin right now, according to sources close to sources. But the catastrophic failure of Russian intelligence to predict how hard a fight the Ukrainians would put up and how long they could hold out. I mean, that is an enormous, enormous failure. Um, so where does that fit into the whole? Uh, crazier, not crazier thing. Well, it doesn't really matter. But it has led to more vo- violence and horror, and yet uh, it had to happen. I mean, it's. The, I'm not saying I wish it hadn't happened, uh, but it's just like you say, every development makes it crazier. Will he actually target civilians? He did. He won't come
2: anywhere near a NATO country bombed within 10 miles of the Polish border. Hypersonic missiles would be provocative. He used hypersonic missiles. Um, I hope he doesn't take these next steps. He's doing this now. The humanitarian crisis builds. Along with being targeted and killed, the U.S. Embassy reporting nearly 2,400 children have been abducted by the Russians and taken out of the country. Eyewitnesses to past Soviet and Nazi horrors here can't believe it. In all my 95 years, I never experienced anything like this. I survived the 1933 man-made famine, the war in 1941, but I've never seen
0: anything as horrible.
2: That is a hell of a statement from a 95-year-old woman who lived through, if you don't know about the, fam- the famine, Stalin starved them out, uh, killed millions and millions of people. You know about World War II, obviously. This has been a worse experience for her. Well, it, there, at least in some of the towns, it's as bad as it can get. Like I keep saying, that Mariupol it looks like the surface of the damn moon.
0: Meanwhile, the Russian forces have uh, endured catastrophic losses, and that's not just me being dramatic. I mean, that's from the military's perspective, if you lose more than 10% of a unit or your army as a whole, you have had you have a serious issue with being able to continue. Um, I, and they have.
2: I have a serious issue where my testicles are going to get punched. I told Michelangelo at the beginning <sighs> of this segment that if I'm still... It's 8.13. It's 8, 13 past yeah. the hour. I told Michelangelo, if I was still talking at twelve past the hour, he should punch me in the testicles.
0: Yes, I was well, just a winding deal is up a deal.
2: to try to get me to break on time because I have a, a tendency deal to deal is a deal, I, Michael. I can't shut up because Joe's got something really good next.
0: Well, I do. I absolutely do. Um, I will tell you this though: this is uh, one of the great laws of parenting. Never issue a threat you don't intend to carry out, and never fail to carry out a threat you have made. Michael, get to punch it. So. <laughs> I actually, I actually, as long as we're talking about Ukraine, I want to play a couple more tapes. And then uh, coming up okay. later this hour, the absolute patently insane state of gender studies in American universities. I mean, they are teaching your kids, excuse me. They are teaching your kids things that are utterly indefensible in college. But first, this is uh, John Ismay on Morning Joe talking about the situation with the Russian troops and equipment. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, thirty
1: three. As far as we know, there are several thousand Russian soldiers who have died, several thousand more who are wounded, and the United States and other allies continue to pump in anti-tank guided missiles, anti-aircraft missiles that are all portable and all capable of destroying Russian, you know, ground and air vehicles. So, is it a you know question of whether the Russians are going to run out of you know tanks and armored vehicles first? The U.S. is pumping in as many missiles as it can uh, to make that happen. With-
2: I take nothing away from the bravery and the competence of the Ukrainian military, which has absolutely been amazing. And the, and the, just a regular person on the street. But I think this, when this is over, uh, the, the, there's going to be a lot of stories about how much help they were getting from the most powerful military in the world. Mm -hmm. Equipment, logistics, you know, Intel, all that sort of stuff that helps them be so incredibly effective.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's an awe inspiring fight. Uh, It's good to be a half a world away, though, and it's easy to get swept up in the whole rooting for a sports team emotion of the thing. Uh, You know, we're not going to pour the horror on you all show show long, but boy, the idea of a a wider spread war is just a nightmare. Of course. And yet looks increasingly likely. And, uh, you know, I'm reminded of something I saw on Twitter the other day. A prediction is not a preference. Okay? Right, right. So you, the whole why are you guys trying to drag America into a war? You're neocons. No, that's not a. It's not a preference. Not even close to it. No, my preference is Putin shoots himself in the head today. That's my preference. Yes, please. Right after you get punched in the junk. <laughs> the mighty, how the mighty have fallen, folks. Huh? <laughs> Am
2: I wrong? <laughs> How's work today? Well, it's a long story. Uh, stay tuned for more.
0: Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: I think we're all inspired by Leah Thomas, the uh, swimmer who's
0: setting records. (laughs) Are we? We'll talk more. Yeah, I'm inspired to call out Lefty America for going insane.
2: We'll talk more about that coming up. So she's got more races this week in which she's expected to uh, not only win the national championship, but maybe break records, so.
0: Right. Defeat Olympians, that's right. She's an amazing woman.
2: After claiming that his pet tigers slept in his bed, you're probably wondering uh, who the he is here, right? Uh, after claiming that his pet tigers slept in his bed, Mike Tyson said the worst thing they would do is pass gas. Oy. Before revealing that one of them actually bit him, causing him to have to go to the hospital to get stitches. Okay. All they do is pass gas, except for when they bite me and I have to go to the hospital. He sleeps with his tigers in bed. How would you fall asleep? Even if your tiger's been really nice the whole
0: time you've had it, it's still a wild animal. I wouldn't even let my dog in my bed, much less a 500-pound wild beast.
2: That could at any moment just flip the way wild animals do. Sure. And rip you into tiny pieces.
0: That's weird. That is weird. Oh, that reminds me. Speaking of tiny pieces, uh, drug users are losing their fingers and toes after shooting this uh, this uh, dope. Some of their dope. Okay, they're all strung out.
2: <laughs> um, we got a. Good, we've got a good video at our website. Ukrainians jamming out to Bon Jovi as they prepare to defend Odessa. Got the music cranking and getting all fired up and everything like that before they take on the Ruskies. They are a scrappy people, those Ukrainians. Anyway, we've uh, posted that at armstrongandgetty.com.
0: Hey, Um, just out of curiosity, to the many uh, warriors, current and and retired, who listen to this show, uh, did you have psych-up music before you went into battle? Uh, Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you want to email us, or you can text 415-295-KFTC. The Cato
2: Institute, which is a libertarian think tank, is in favor of confirming this Jackson woman to the Supreme Court. She's going to get confirmed, but uh, they wrote yesterday, there are many reasons to confirm, hashtag confirm Jackson. The most important is that unlike most of the sitting justices, she never worked as a prosecutor or other courtroom advocate for the government. And this would bring a much needed perspective. The other Supreme Court justices were on the government side of things throughout their careers. She would be, mm-hmm. came from the other side. So I thought that was interesting. Look more into that if you're into that
0: sort of thing. Yeah, she was a federal public defender. Do you remember
2: when those evil Border Patrol guys on the horses started whipping those innocent, undocumented laborers? Yes. Remember that story? Allegedly. And Joe Biden made a big deal out of it and said they were going to be dealt with or fired or pay a price, whatever. You pay a price. Oh, they'll pay a price for strapping those people, which never happened, by the way. And the uh, Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, vowed to complete an investigation into the Border Patrol whipping allegations in a matter of days, not weeks. This is really more a story about the, this is as much a story about the media as anything else or our attention span. But he said an investigation would be complete in days, not weeks. It's now been six full months. <laughs> not only has there been uh, the uh, announcement of the results of the investigation, which we knew the results of the investigation really after seeing a couple of videos that, no, they never did whip them and those are their reins and. And these people were running at them, and what were they supposed to do? A number of mitigating circumstances. Really within 24 hours. Yeah, we knew that right away. Yeah, The agents in question are still on desk duty as of last month. So they were taken away from their jobs, might be for the rest of their lives,
0: for no reason whatsoever. Nope. That's just the way it works sometimes. Just so the politicians could claim they took action. To, to buy off their irrational, dopey base. What all does that say about us? What does that say?
2: The dishonesty of uh, politicians? Lack of attention span of the American public? The dishonesty of the media? To not have any well, interest in, you know, pointing out what's clearly true here?
0: One of my favorite books about politics uh, title explains it all. The Myth of the Rational Voter.
2: Which is, uh, what's the premise more or less? Mm,
0: that the idea that voters are rational is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> but for what Actually, reason? There are there are a couple of things I disagree with in the book, but it's very thought provoking. Long story short is that uh, a lot of people believe things which simply aren't true um, about economics in particular, and and um, and and they vote for things that don't make any sense. They don't know enough to vote on the issues they're voting on. In in short.
2: Which is why some of your anarchist types are anti democracy. People aren't, don't pay enough attention, don't know enough to make these decisions for themselves. By the way, Russia opened their stock market to limited trading for the first time in a Sell. month. Selsky! <laughs> Selsky! No um, Uh We'll see how that turns out. First time in a month that their stock market has been open. Wow. There was a big smash and grab in Beverly Hills, like huge, uh, that has gotten a lot of attention and continues to be a problem on the uh, West Coast. Uh, And I I mentioned earlier, I was at my fancy mall uh, that we got in the local area, like the super nice mall, right, where the people in the the nice cars go and buy the nice clothes. And you got the, you know, certain kind of woman with lots of bags on her arm. It looks like she goes there every single day. Um, Um. (laughs) Yeah. Wearing very expensive clothes, big hair, lots of makeup. Um, But the super nice mall. Armed guards outside of half the stores. Freaking Mm. armed guards in my country, where
0: I live, at the nice mall. I never thought I'd see that. The mall is an armed camp now. This is the result of the policies that have been enacted. Simple as that. I never thought my kids would see that. You had to travel to other countries to see guards outside the store at your mall. Oh, that reminds me. One of my favorite explanations for that is people grew frustrated during the COVID uh, lockdown and that sort of thing. That's why we have more crime. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's not just today's race. Lee is actually competing in three different events. How do we see the rest of these championships playing out for her?
1: Hoda, there is so much to watch. So she's going to first hit the pool this morning at 10 o'clock. That's the 500-yard freestyle. The prelims finals are tonight. She's favored to win the 500 and the 200-yard freestyles. She's also swimming in the 100-yard freestyle, and she's got a shot there. But in addition to watching for her winning those races, Hoda, we're also watching for the potential. She is within striking distance of the long-held collegiate records by Missy Franklin and Katie Ledecky. So, of course, we're going to be watching to see if she uh, touches those records during this weekend, too. All right, Blaine, now. Alexander Force in Atlanta. Blaine, wow. thank you.
0: That is... Wow, who is this incredible woman swimmer they're talking about? That is
2: so hilarious. Uh,
0: that's one word for it. Is sickening, scary. The biggest part of that story, obviously, whether it's people that
2: are for it or against it, is the fact that she is trans. That's the biggest part of that whole story and they left that out they just went with that. and here's something exciting she might break the all-time oh oh my gosh she'll break the records well I'll be darn anyway let's go to outroker and weather you you're leaving out the most important part of the story
0: wow that's Yeah something. that is the today show leaving out the fact that this Leah Thomas was a competitive college male swimmer until very recently is a giant towering over the girls he's competing against the young women it is just—it's horrific—and they just go on and on like it's the 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 best thing ever. Just wonderful, just awe-inspiring. So, I've and so she's already piece.
2: won one national championship, collegiate national championship, and right. she's racing in a couple more races, and might she's expected to win those, and she might break the all-time records set by women. By the way,
0: yeah, she actually finished last in one of them, but that just doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Um uh, so, I, I've got this piece in front of me by this gender studies gal that was published at NBCnews.com. Leah Thomas NCAA championship performance gives women's sports a crucial opportunity. The subhead is anybody who cares, anyone who cares about the advancement of sports and women's sports in particular should celebrate her win. Okay. So a big hulking dude until five minutes ago beats the women and we should celebrate that. Now I'm going to read some of this uh, opinion piece at NBC News for you from this Cheryl Cookie, who's a, uh, uh, she's a professor of women's studies and gender studies among other things at Purdue University, which ought to be ashamed of itself. Um, it, going into this, a couple of things, a couple of like, you know, the preamble there are going to be times where what she says is just factually Wrong, not just like a little wrong, but like the opposite of what is true. And there are going to be times you're going to be thinking, Did I space out or something while Joe was reading? I don't, that didn't really hold together. (laughs) No, it's because it's, it's nonsense. Um, you have to know a little bit about critical theory. James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose's book, Cynical Theories, is a really good guide to it. It's very thorough. I didn't finish it. Um, but it's, it's very, very good. One of the key things that this, uh, the critical theory people are trying to do is erase any dividing lines or, or lines of demarcation. There's no such thing as a man or a woman. There's no such thing as uh, gay or straight. There's no such thing as, you know, whatever. It's just it's a bizarre philosophical school that's caught yeah. fire somehow every, and been twisted by various activists.
2: Every time I fill out a form for me or my kids, I was filling out one for my kids just the other day, and it has male, female, or declined to state... Or other. I always think, wow, have they won? It's actually on the form now.
0: Yeah. It's incredible. crazy. So listen to this hogwash, would you? On Saturday, University of Pennsylvania swimmer Leah Thomas placed the blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. I I meant to skip that part. Uh, Thomas has been at the center of controversy regarding her eligibility to compete in women's events. Uh, Controversy came to an apex uh, during the NCAA championships. She should be embraced in the history of progress that sports represent and recognized as the trailblazer that she is. Here you get into the weird critical theory stuff. And this is a professor at a major American university teaching your kids for $50,000 a year or whatever Women's sports are situated at a paradoxical intersection wherein sex segregation is upheld through claims of biological difference, yet equality is prefaced on being treated the same and given the same opportunities as men. If we were to change this, we need to ask some important questions. How does one advocate for equitable treatment while also adhering to the notion of biological differences? Hmm. If if separate is not equal in the case of schools, bathrooms, restaurants, or other social institutions, can separate ever truly be equal? In the case of sports, would gender based discrimination in sports be eradicated if sports were gender integrated? You're just going
2: to integrate men's and women's sports totally. Well, man, are the men going to dominate that? That's too bad for your girl who wanted to get into sports because she ain't going
0: to have a chance to make the team. So I know what you're thinking, I know what you're shouting at the radio, at least mentally. I didn't think any human being held that point of view, much less a professor in this field at a leading American university. So instead of having a boys
2: and girls high school basketball team, you would have a basketball team. Yeah. Because there are no genders, which would be almost, well, probably in most cases, entirely boys. Uh,
0: Unless the girls just don't get to play. Unless like your co-ed volleyball league, they mandate you have to have three women or something like that. How do you do do that? You
2: You can't do that if you don't recognize... There's such thing. Oh, yeah.
0: What the, you're like the Supreme Court justice. You don't know what a woman is. No,
2: there's just people. And all the people are going to happen to have penises, and the girls aren't going to get to play anymore.
0: And that's a step forward. Well, keep in mind, some of the people with penises might be women, right? Uh, wh- in this bizarro land of nothing ling- is Linguistically,
2: real. but your, your girl who was born a girl and is now your uh, sophomore daughter, she ain't going to yes. get to play anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, getting back to this editorial, here's where it gets so freaking crazy. Those who oppose the inclusion of trans women in women's sports argue that trans women have an unfair competitive advantage. <laughs> yes. We do argue and that. And as a result, they will take away opportunities from cisgender athletes. Yes. The, 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 the athletes are arguing that themselves. Yeah. I would say the, uh, the woman who s- finished second to this uh, recently dude, um, are feeling like their opportunity to win was taken away. <laughs> Did
2: you see Ron DeSantis, the uh, governor of Florida, declared her the winner? Oh, the I, second I, placer? Yeah, no, I think it's I like an it. interesting. I like, I like people from, governors from other states declaring who wins races far away.
0: <laughs> Ron DeSantis knows exactly yep. what he's doing. Oh, he sure yeah. does. He's good at it. Getting back to the article, or the editorial. According to the NCAA, uh, I'm sorry, I really ought to re- reread. Uh, we we claim that trans women have an unfair competitive advantage. According to the NCAA, these assumptions are not well-founded. Um, they're as well-founded as gravity and the sun rising in the east. Moreover, there's a lack of scientific evidence that conclusively demonstrates a direct link between testosterone and athletic performance. Um... Nobody asked that question. We're talking about biological males and their circulatory systems and their skeletons and their muscle mass and their overall size. Athletic performance is influenced by a number of factors, including hormones, but also things like coaching and training, psychological makeup of an athlete, access to resources and equipment, among others. I don't don't know
2: how athletic this person was when they were younger, but... How, how do they ignore the reality that if you just had, like I said, a high school basketball team, there's no such thing as genders. It would be all boys all the time, with the occasional exception
0: of one. Or the 350th ranked boys team would beat the first ranked girls team every single game. Please do not use gendered language to to address everyone. Sorry. Anyway, so back to this. <laughs> um <laughs> Ah, oh, uh, 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 attempts. Oh, I like the whole uh, uh, athletic performance is influenced by coaching and training. Psychologia. Uh, who ordered the red herring? Uh, who has the red herring? Yeah, good Lord. Attempts to ban or limit the participation of trans athletes are not based on science, writes this professor. Instead, they are rooted in societal and cultural definitions of what constitutes gender or what defines a woman. Such questions matter because sports are organized based on the belief of natural differences between men and women. And they are sex segregated as a result. Yet this ultimately leads to the discrimination of athletes like Leah Thomas. This person is is certifiable. Good Lord. Then goes into the whole idea that separate but equal is an equal again. Um, and then suggests that uh, where is it? Um, here I'll, I'll skip down to here. Uh, attempts to ban or limit the participation. Oh, oh, da, da, da. she should be embraced in the history of progress that sports represent and recognized as the trailblazer she is. Um, she ought to be uh, praised as the Jackie Robinson of her sport. We should be celebrating Leah Thomas like we did Jackie Robinson.
2: And so this gets to the thing I was talking about the other day: the NATO. Of lies, and because you've got a, a whole bunch of different groups that have to keep propping up their ridiculousness, they don't call out other people. For instance, right. nobody's—you know—the the trans community is not going to call out Black Lives Matter as being, you know, phony uh, 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 money grubbers, um, and the the uh, the Black Lives Matter, Matter crowd is not going to call out the trans world. Because they don't want their, so it's the NATO of lies. An attack on one is an attack on all, and they all protect Mm -hmm. each other. Because otherwise, the black community should be outraged by a comparison to Jackie Robinson. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. That's a great example.
2: And And I haven't heard anybody say anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, brr, what was I going to say? Oh, and you know, the unspoken truth is that, and it, it fits into that NATO uh, metaphor you're using. Is there a hell of a lot of gay people? There are a hell of a lot of transgender people who think, oh my God, you can't have a big hulking person who was a dude five minutes ago, whooping up on women in the pool. It's just, it's, it's, it's on its face unfair and everybody realizes it the percentage of americans who who uh, uh, hold this point of view is incredibly small and they're they're delusional they are the embodiment of thomas sowell's uh, dictum that there's some uh, ideas so idiotic only an intellectual could hold them
2: what is going on in Leah thomas's head that she takes so much pride in her dominating these girls
0: i don't know it's it's sad that is a confused young person and i you know uh, i'm not angry uh at uh leah thomas i just uh, i as a as a dad and a parent and a coach i feel for that uh person
2: right because she swam as a man very recently and was okay and mm-hmm. has to be very aware of that now all of a sudden i'm dominating what changed i'm competing against you know, girls well maybe there is a difference then between boys, I mean, is, doesn't that doesn't that prove the case, our case right there? I I was competing in this group and I was okay. I'm competing in this group. I'm winning championships. What changed? Well, I was competing against uh, a, a set of species that they call boys, and now I'm c- competing against a group of people they're calling girls. Maybe there is a difference between boys and girls that I used to be average and now I dominate. Isn't that prove the point? I-
0: uh, well, yes, a, a thousand times over, as if it needs to be proven. I feel like I'm arguing against putting your hand on a hot stove <laughs> burner. Why am, why am I being asked to do this? Well, because they are teaching this dangerous nonsense to kids in
2: college. I, I think with somebody who has some decent rhetorical skills in a press conference could could bring that around if, if they got a chance to question her. So when you were swimming on the men's team, you never finished better than whatever it was, 30th
0: and now you regularly finish first, what changed? What would the answer be? Oh, getting back to that paragraph of mumbo-jumbo. Well, my motivation, I got some better oh, uh, coaching. Nah. I so feel like my, say my workouts have been really good. I,
2: I'm, 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 I'm trying harder now.
0: Okay. That's what changed. Yeah. Well, then, okay. Right. I guess you'd have to yeah. say that, because
2: what else are you going to say? You can't say, well, bo- by the g- way, you're a transphobe
0: you- and a hater. You're a hater for even asking that question. You can, transphobe. I, you'd
2: have to say, I'm training harder and eating right, because you couldn't say, well, I'm swimming against girls now, <laughs> I mean, because that would be the end of the whole thing.
0: Or or look at me. I'm twice the size of any of these women. <laughs> Why do you think I'm winning?
2: Wow, that is interesting. Whoa. Uh, we got a lot more noise here.
0: a Ukrainian band covering the clashes, London Calling, altering the lyrics a bit, urging the world to get involved in their struggle.
2: Kiev Calling. Uh-huh. So the president of the United States, who's an elderly gentleman, is,
1: uh, well, it
2: is headed over to Europe for an emergency NATO meeting, one of the biggest and most important NATO meetings they've ever had.
0: I think he's trying to line up the true boat in the international de br- 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 pressure.
2: Yeah, well, they're going to be talking a lot about sanctions because I'll bet you didn't know this. This,
0: I bet you didn't. I know suspect curveball he's going to throw is over Germany's reluctance to agree to an oil embargo. Olaf uh, Scholz, mm-hmm. the German Chancellor, said just today, just a few minutes ago, it would cause deep recession throw hundreds of thousands of Germans out of work, and we just can't do this. We can take two, three years to do it. But, of course, Europe is sending a billion dollars a day to Russia, a billion dollars a day.
2: Didn't know that. Even with all the sanctions going on, Europe is still allowing Russia to get a billion dollars a day to uh, help their war efforts and whatever else survive.
0: Yeah, we were talking yesterday about Barack Obama's incredible, wishful thinking in terms of Russia and, you know, th- that if he just lectured them on how to act, they would act that way. And the naivete and the foolishness of the Europeans over the last 20 years getting more and more dependent on an evil kleptocracy like Putin's Russia is just crazy.
2: It really, really is. Um. How bad could it get? How long are the Russians willing to fight? Here's General Barry McCaffrey on NBC.
1: There is zero possibility uh, of, you know, in the course of a month, claiming the Russians have been fought to a standstill. It took them two years to take down Chechnya. Uh, The city of Grozny was obliterated before it was done. So the strategic heart of the Russian attempt now to take Ukraine is terror attacks on civilians, and we may not have seen uh, the extent of it yet. They have not used massed artillery, 5,000, 10,000 rounds a day, yet against some of these cities. So it's a very grim situation for the Ukrainians still.
2: That's a gentlemanly wordy way of saying you ain't seen nothing yet in terms of obliterating
0: cities. Yeah, wow, that's chilling.
2: It is, because I've been looking at video. There's some new drone footage that has come out of uh, Mariupol, and its it looks like the surface of the moon in some areas of that very recently, very modern Western city that has been reduced to rubble. It's just horrific that human beings are capable of doing this to each other. You've got to accept Absolutely. it. I mean, you've got to accept it to survive in the world. You just have to accept that that's what the species is, but it's just incredible.
0: Well, the fact that Russian intelligence is finding out where the people are, are sheltering, the civilians, the women, the children, and they're bombing those areas specifically. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know.
2: Uh, there's a piece out or a couple pieces out today about um, MAD, Mutually Assured Destruction, which was the rule of the world for about 75 years. Uh, kind of went away with the end of the Soviet Union, but it's the idea that, you know, you're you're not going to attack them with nukes because they'd attack you and it'd blow up the world. And what good does it do anybody? Right. <laughs> you don't gain anything from it. Well, the peace in foreign policy today is nuclear deterrence is not automatic or inherent to the mere possession of nuclear weapons. It does not exist unless the other side believes there's a real credible chance you would use the weapon. They're speaking to the idea that we keep taking it off the table. We keep making it clear we would never do that under any circumstances. That is not an option. Well, obviously, mutually assured destruction only works if the other side thinks you're going to do it.
0: It's in the name. It's in right there in the name. Exactly. And speaking of building war pressures, uh, one of the headlines in The New York Times uh, has to do with the fact that NATO is doubling the number of battle groups in its eastern flank as we speak.
2: The Soviet Union believed Ronald Reagan might
0: actually blow up the world. That was a good thing. Trump. They believed Trump would do God knows what. Biden's bending
2: over backwards to make it clear that I won't. I won't. I'm not going to, and I wouldn't under any circumstances. Well, that's just fantastic. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.